Well, I want to welcome everybody to the show today. This is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV. Today, I'm going to be recording episode number 40, and this is the post-Move to Montana episode. So this is the first episode I've done since moving here. It's been about four weeks, maybe a little four weeks in a day, a little bit more, but we are in Montana. We are functioning as a business. I'm functioning as a podcaster right now in a kind of a makeshift situation at least for me it's a little makeshift it's not my normal setting but i do have all my equipment on a couple tables actually three tables and spread out some microphones so next week i have to go back to arizona get the rest of my stuff my house there sold so we got to clear it out it's a cash deal so everything's got to be moved pronto as they say so I will have hopefully my studio in a better looking condition. It's functional, but better looking by next week or next weekend. So anyway, today's um, June 23rd. I don't normally put a date in here, but we did move, started our move May 15th. Um, and I finally got to Montana about the 17th or 18th. I forget the day, um, exact day, actually the 16th. It took us a couple trips, but we did it. But, you know, the move was pretty interesting as a RV owner and also someone who promotes education and so forth. You know, getting our, our toy hauler up here, a utility trailer, a van and a truck plus our vehicle. It was, you know, it was added to the overall move. I mean, we had two foot semis with all of our store inventory and equipment in it stacked from floor to ceiling, front to back. So we had a lot of stuff to pack for the business. We had a lot of stuff to unpack when we got here. It took, we're still unpacking in the warehouse. We're still arranging things. The store is set up, but it's not the way it should be. It doesn't have that professional look that we want. In fact, everything's still a little disarray, but we are functioning computers, phones, and we're getting it done. And there's just so much to do. There's so many moving parts to this. You know, there's a, a million moving parts. And in the process of all this, we have to change to a new point of sale system, which is a major undertaking. And we've been postponing this a couple months at a time. And we have to renew our subscription each time we postpone it, which gets very expensive. But we have too much going on. But a new point of sale system means we are going to have our entire inventory online eventually in the next couple of months, which would be kind of cool for those that are local here um, to see what we have or don't have in stock. So it's going to be a nice situation or a nice convenient thing for uh, people shopping from home basically to check our inventory. Um, that's the, the point of it or will be the point of it. So now I want to get into some of the nuts and bolts of this move because it's kind of interesting. Um, Owning a toy hauler trailer, you know, it's 30 feet. So there's a lot of weight to it. It's a lot of trailer, um, pulling it behind that F two fifty, a four wheel drive. So my, uh, you know, gas engine V 10. So my, my mileage was great. You know, I, I got about seven and a half to eight miles a gallon, uh, some points about six, but overall average probably about eight miles to the gallon, which I'm happy with that. I know it sucks, but I'm happy with that. But you know, one thing that was interesting is all my vehicles pretty much needed tires. Um, I shouldn't say all of them. The utility trailer needed to have tires put on it. My van needed tires. The day before we were leaving, I just got my t truck back from the, or the van back from the tire shop and they rotated, balanced and checked the tires. Well, I was checking them again, putting air in them, make sure everything's good. Um, just my own peace of mind. And 
all four tires were coming apart. So back to the tire shop, they covered them under warranty. So a thousand dollar set of tires was 300 bucks. I can't complain about that. New tires, you don't have to worry about it. And the tires I had in my van were Bridgestones and I've had um, at least four sets of them replaced under warranty. So getting to another brand, getting out from underneath that was a good thing. Even though I was a little disappointed that they're going to send me down the road with four bad tires, but that's life. That's the way it goes. And that's why as a do it yourself, or we check things out, we make sure we follow up what we're told. If we can, we make sure that we're, we're good to go and we are going to be safe. So the van got new tires. The utility trailer got new tires. The utility trailer got two new spare tires. The toy hauler trailer got four new tires, a new spare tire. So we bought a lot of tires and on the way up here, well, as soon as we got here, we realized the Prius had our Toyota Prius had a problem. It's going to need new tires. Um, we got some sort of issue going on, but Hey, everything made it. But one of the things that was pretty interesting is the toy hauler tires were about nine. Oh, I'm going to say eight years old. Um, maybe a little bit older, but they were pretty much brand new. We didn't use it a lot. Um, and then someone was living in it. So we never really got to use it a lot. So it doesn't matter. So they needed the tread look great. The sidewalls look great. I mean, if you were to, if I were to sell these to someone and say, Hey, these tires are excellent, you know, just take them and go, you know, by looking at them, you'd take them and you'd go and you'd spend the money. Hey, I got good tires here. Those tires barely made it to the tire shop. The tire shop is less than 10 miles away, but let's just call it 10 miles. Going to the tire shop, you know, it's one thing I had to do on a Saturday morning after getting, um, oh no, this was a Tuesday morning after coming back from Montana, getting back Monday night, packing up the toy hauler, the rest of our stuff that we were going to be able to take with us. And I knew I needed to get tires on the toy hauler, but I just was hoping I would have had it done sooner, but I didn't. This even goes back to the episode I had, I think episode number 38, um, talking about, you know, prepping for vacations or prepping for trips when you're going to take your RV out. Everybody does it a little bit different. And my prep work was just to make sure this thing got to Montana. I didn't care if the air conditioner worked, if the heater worked, because once we got up to some altitude, like St. George is the place for me where everything starts cooling down, then it doesn't matter if you have air conditioning. It's not going to be cold enough to need a heater. So we were, we were fine. You know, that's how I was looking at it. So those things didn't matter. Water didn't matter. Um, if the water pump work, you know, anything like that, it was irrelevant because we were just trying to get from point A to point B. So that's, was my perspective. And, and now going back to the tires, tire shops, 10 miles away, these tires are eight years old, look brand new. And on the way to the tire shop, I remembered, I forgot something. I was about halfway there. So I'm five miles into it. There's road construction. So I would have had to, if I wanted to go back to my house to get what I forgot, I would have had to go through the road construction, come back, would have added, you know, probably another seven miles to the trip. So it would have totaled 17, but I decided not to. I was just going to go because what I left at the home, I really wanted to get in the trailer and there's no way we could forget it. We couldn't leave it in the garage. It was safe there because we had to come back and we knew that, but it was the carriage for our cutting table, a must have item because our cutting table is the, part of our business. The sewing machines are right there, but the cutting table is what really makes it all work and does that digital cutting, everything square and true. That's why we have an awesome product because of the money we invested into our equipment. Okay. Back to my tires. 
So I decide not to go. I get to the tire shop and I just happen to look at the tires on the trailer out of curiosity to see what the sidewalls would look like. I could not have gone back to my house, picked up the carriage for the cutting table and gone back to the tire shop on these tires. They would have shredded on me. Now keep that in mind. They're eight years old, hardly used, you know, maybe, maybe 1500 miles. Now I'm going to say maybe 3000 miles. I did make a trip to Montana and back with those um, tires. So let's just say 3,000 miles. I did some local stuff too. You know, so essentially they look brand new and they did. But in 10 miles, those tires are ready to just come apart. I have some pictures. Um, you know, it's not as graphic as you think. The tr- sidewalls are just starting to shred, but I've seen that before in the tire shop. Even that tire shop said, yeah, you wouldn't be able to make it back to your house in here again. That's for sure. I'll put them up on the website. And the reason why I bring this up is sometimes we look at things with completely the wrong perspective. Everything looks good, but is it truly good? And trailer tires are one of those things. Everything seems okay, but is it okay? And now you might ask, what about the wheel bearings? You know, that was part of the thing too, that I was concerned about is getting there without any wheel bearing issues. Cause I had spare wheel bearings, spare races, spare hubs, no leaf springs, but everything else. And so I was concerned because leaf springs do break, wheel bearings do go bad, but I did grease those last time I used the trailer and repacked everything. The bearings were good. And so I wasn't concerned. Grease does not go bad. They're sealed, so you're not going to get water in there. You know, it's a pretty safe system, safe bet. And I did the same thing with the utility trailer. That has actually had more maintenance done to the wheel bearings than the toy hauler trailer because I've used it more. But the long and short is I saved myself from headaches by just putting on those tires. And I thought I'm going to get a spare tire, replace the spare tire too. It's as old as the trailer. Let's just be done with this and get out on the road and at least not have that problem. If a wheel bearing goes bad, hey, then a wheel bearing goes bad. We just deal with it. You know, in Australia, in the outback, when truckers face problems, we're on a dirt road and they go through a, a water or across a river or they call a bog and they bog down and they can't get out. They have no one to call. They got to just get out of that truck and make it work somehow. When they have a flat, they have to replace that tire themselves. They don't call a company. They do it. And that was my mindset on this trip. Whatever goes wrong, if anything goes wrong, I'm just going to have to deal with it, get out and fix it and move on and do whatever it takes. And fortunately, everything went really smooth. The only thing we experienced as far as a loss goes in this entire trip was a TV set. Now, fairly new, modern TV, but as a 24-incher, wasn't that much money. It fell off the bed in the toy hauler and hit something just so, broke the screen on it. Pretty minimal damage considering all the stuff we had to move. And we didn't pack everything the greatest. You know, we're moving. It's a business. It's a shop, you know, a lot of tools, a lot of equipment. Certain things definitely got more attention than others. And apparently I didn't give the TV enough attention. And that was the only electronic device that went someplace else other than my van. My van was stacked floor to ceiling with monitors, computers, keyboards, speakers, mixers, microphones, you name it. A lot of technology. So, you know, my point is, and I think I've made it, is looking at the tires, and it's not just tires, other things, because there was one other thing I had to do, um, and this was something I wanted to take care of weeks in advance. I knew I had to do it. In fact, I've known it for months because I had a tarp on my 
vent line 22 by 22 vent the escape hatch the lids are no longer made we carry some 14 by 22s but that's not a 22 by 22 so you have to replace the whole um escape hatch everything and i didn't want to do that and then this you know our move came up and i'm decided i'm just going to make a, a aluminum lid for it and just rivet it on or screw it on and you know do something like that well i never had time to do it the way i really wanted to do it so kind of a last minute deal on tuesday morning before i go to the tire shop i'm up on the roof of the toy hauler making a lid out of aluminum i had some sheet aluminum one of my friends gave to me my buddy that makes jewelry jim greiger awesome wooden pendants <laughs> desert rose uh, what is it called desert wood and jewelry no desert wooden stone <laughs> can't remember the name desert wooden stone but he gave me this piece of sheet aluminum and i went up on the roof you know measuring tape pair of 10 snips drill guns you know some quarter inch hex head screws and i made this lid that wasn't the prettiest thing but i had to have it we were leaving you know had to get it done but one thing i did make sure of there's gonna be watertight and i didn't take the seal off of the vent where the old lid was i left that seal on Put this thing on here, mark some stuff up. I bent it, um, bent the edges down, fold them over and did, fold in such a way. So as we're driving forward, water wouldn't leak into anything. And of course, I didn't want it to leak, period. And it didn't. And on the way up, we got a lot of rain. We've had nothing but rain since we've been here. Torrential rain, similar to what we get in Arizona. It has stayed dry. So that's a vent line 22 by 22. Now, I'm not going to tell everybody to go out and make an aluminum lid for their vent line uh vent but if you can't find a lid and you don't want to tear everything out and break that wonderful seal that's there then go ahead and do that make one um it's a nice option it worked for me and so what i'm going to do is we get a little more settled here i'm going to take that off and redo it and make a just a nicer looking one um i'll probably have a, a, a sheet metal shop do it something that does air conditioning ducting guys like that always make stuff like this um fairly cheap it's affordable probably a lot cheaper than buying a new lid or buying a new complete vent back there's a air conditioning shop here in hamilton montana that um i say here we're actually located in victor but it's all the same it's all home and they did some sheet metal work for me already and very reasonably priced i can't complain whatsoever and if you come into my store you'll see the handiwork from all valley heating and air conditioning um because it's all over the walls or it's going to be all over the walls and right now it's laying on the floor in my office but it'll all be put up and if you ever come by you'll see exactly what i'm talking about so, you know, this is kind of an update on our move and some of the things along the way and, you know, driving or pulling the trailer, you know, no issues there. It, it's pulling the trailer. We all understand that. I had to adjust my uh, sway control a couple times. I don't have a fancy weight distributing hitch. I just use an ease lift. It's a thousand pound ease lift weight distributing hitch with a ease lift sway control on it. And it's, you know, old school, but it works. It's a style that's been around forever. And adjusting the sway control, getting it to where I passed the semi after a semi passed me, which that's usually happened more often than me passing the semi. You know, the truck wouldn't uh, want to get caught up in the in the semi's wind or or drift, if you will, and and pull me over because that can be kind of white knuckling. So just had to tighten it up. But other than that, you know, it went pretty smooth, and that's how it should go. You know, when you travel with an RV. You should be able to go to point A to point B without any problems. You might be concerned about things, maybe your leaf springs or a tire, you know, little issues. But 
you know, overall, I walked around the trailer. I made sure all the, everything was put up, put away, you know, nothing's going to blow off. I didn't want to have any little obstacles going along the way. Things that are, you know, become distractions, you know, and, and traveling an RV, you don't want those things. There's always things to worry about. You know, you're worrying about your, or you might be, I mean, some people travel different. I'm more of a maintenance guy. So I kind of wonder about things. Is this going to work? Am I going to have a problem with the air conditioning or is the truck going to overheat, you know, so you're watching the gauges. But ultimately, if you maintain your vehicles, your RV, whether it's a trailer or a motorhome, you shouldn't have any problems other than the things that you just can't control. A radiator hose can just blow. A fan belt can just break or a serpentine belt. I guess we don't really have fan belts anymore. Everything's a serpentine belt. You know, my van had a, has a new engine that I put in it during the summer. You know, I wasn't worried about the engine failing, but maybe the transmission, it has as many miles as the van does, 240,000. So, you know, there's concerns, but if you maintain everything, you minimize the concerns and main maintenance and making sure your RV is all in one piece before you head out on the road. So you don't have any issues. That's the only way to go. And so we made this trip. We are in Montana, and I'll tell you, we haven't had much time to really enjoy Montana because we've been doing 14-hour days, six and seven days a week, trying to get caught up on orders, getting the store put together, getting our sewing department put together, you know, advertising, getting shirts made, hats made, you know, getting all the stuff done, interviews for mag- or, uh, TV or uh, newspapers up here, some stuff on the local radio station, letting people know we're here extremely time consuming, but you know what? It still is awesome to be here. The people in Montana, especially where I shouldn't say, especially more noticeably because we live here in Victor and Hamilton are absolutely wonderful. The friendliest people I've ever met. And that's not a, a shot at anybody else. I'm there's probably friendlier people, you know, maybe if we go farther North, they get friendlier. I don't know. Or farther East, but wonderful people you go in the stores they're friendly they're helpful and you don't find that everywhere and in arizona especially not you know where we were at i'm not going to knock the whole state but day and night difference and we hope that we can bring something to the table here to the local community with our service our customer service and with an rv store selling parts and accessories And if I haven't mentioned it, our name in Victor, Montana is Highway 93 RV. And we are located at 1345 Highway 93 North. We are in the southern part of Victor, very close to Hamilton. Um, In fact, we're closer to Hamilton than I think we are to the central Victor, or it's an even spread. But uh, we're not too far from Hamilton. We're about 35, maybe 40 miles south of Missoula. So we're right there, you know, right where everybody needs an RV store. So that being said, you know, just a nice reminder. I mean, owning an RV is awesome and traveling is great. You know, getting out on the road, you know, there's just something about it, especially when you get out beyond the city and like going through Idaho, parts of Utah, you know, you're just out on the open road. It's cool. You know, except in my truck, always worrying about gas. There's always got to be a gas station, you know, not too far away because I only get so many miles when you're getting eight miles a gallon on average. But it's still, it's nice. It's, it's a nice feeling. Then you get into the mountains, you get see the rivers, the streams, and it's like, man, I'd like to just be able to pull over a park right now and go camping. But we're in an area now where we can do that. We can head out and be in a nice, you know, uh, 
private area, someplace without a lot of people, next to a river or a stream, you know, within an hour, hour and a half, 15 minutes, you know, go other end of my mother-in-law's property. <laughs> so it's super nice, nice change. I'm so glad we did this. So, you know, continue to listen to these episodes. I know this one's a little long-winded about the maintenance uh, program for the, or actually the traveling up here and the tire and so forth, the tires on the trailer. But this is all part of traveling and it's part of our life and doing the podcast. You know, I, we have a, I have a great audience. I, I get emails all the time. And that reminds me, one email I recently got, I'd like to throw this out there, um, was about doing more stuff on vintage RVs, vintage trailers, or vintage motorhomes. And, you know, that's a, a big thing right now. It's kind of a trend, and it's actually a pretty cool trend because a lot of the retro stuff or the older RVs, they are super nice RVs. You know, some of the old Airstreams, some of the old Winnebago motorhomes. You know, the list goes on, but the restoration on them is pretty cool. In fact, there's a guy um, not too far from me now. I haven't been over there yet, but he makes a kind of a replica of a Kinskill teardrop trailer, and he actually sells the kit to make your own if you don't want to, or if you want to make your own and not pay to have it done. He has templates and so forth. I don't know all the details, but I've been told about this. I need to get over and see him. I'd like to see this firsthand, get some pictures and put it on our website. Cause you know, it's that retro thing. Teardrop trailers go way back when, especially Kinskills. Those are old, you know, the half moon hubcaps and the black rim wheels, you know, with maybe a beauty ring on it, black wall tires or a white wall tire, you know, back when they didn't make really make tires for trailers, you know, well, they didn't make a whole lot of tires of different types back then. Anyways, back in the fifties, but you know, the retro thing is, is a movement and what I'd really like to hear or see are pictures from anybody that's doing a project. And if you have an interesting project, you know, or you're really going through a lot of stuff, I wouldn't mind putting you on the show as well, interviewing you, you know, to see what you're going through, what you have to make, what you can buy, because there's a big difference what you can buy and what you can make or what you have to have made, you know, and finding things if you're, you know, scavenging around the country trying to find certain parts that you just have to have that really fit that era you know so if you're if you're doing something like that please email me and you can go to radioarizonarv.com and use the contact page there or you can just email me directly at eric at radioarizonarv.com and you can include pictures um try to keep the file size small i can take just about any size but the smaller they are the quicker they go through and Obviously, looking at them is a little easier to load and all that good stuff. And if they're they're what I'm looking for, I'll put them on the website as well with your name and in the year, make and model, all that good stuff, what you're doing so other people can see it. And, you know, maybe you can inspire somebody to start working on that RV they have sitting around. You know, there's a lot of these um pretty cool looking old RVs sitting around in yards and maybe someone bought it. They're going to fix it up and something changed in their life, circumstances, and maybe those circumstances have iron themselves out and now it's time to get back on track and start working on that. So your project might be the, the inspiration for someone else to start theirs. And that's cool knowing you help somebody or got somebody moving. And that's one of the things I like about doing the podcast as well. I generally get emails after every episode and they're all positive. I get phone calls, you know, people looking for stuff and, you know, referencing, Hey, I heard, you know, I listened to your podcast 
and it's nice to be able to help people. And that's really what my goal is. And hopefully I can continue to do this and help others with their projects and, and whatever it might be, keeping their RV going and just be the inspiration behind some of it as well. Because no matter what it is, you can get through it and you can do it. it there's no way around it. You can do just about anything you set your mind to do, especially with an RV. And that's one thing I found up here in, in, in Montana where I'm at. Um, a lot of do-it-yourselfers. And these guys dig into it. One of my customers, new customer, is doing a roof job. You know, we talked about it and told him what he needs to do, what he could run into. And now he's buying all the stuff to do a complete roof job on his RV. And that's just absolutely awesome. And this guy's, you know, he he's up for the challenge. But, you know, if he didn't talk to me, uh, me or someone else that could, you know, steer him in the right direction, he might never have done it. So now he's doing it and he'll have this under his, you know, under his tool belt doing an RV roof. That's a major thing. And that's cool. So, you know, keep at it. Don't, don't give up continue to do whatever it is you need to do to your RV, maintain that thing, take it on vacations, use it, enjoy it, spend time with your family. So this is Eric Stark with Radio Arizona RV. And I'm going to close out episode 40 today, the update on the move. And I'm sure I'll be referencing things you know, new experiences, um, learning new things, seeing new things. But until the next episode, everybody stay safe and please check out radio, Arizona, RV.com and email me with any questions or get the phone number off the website and give me a call. Thank you.